Welcome to episode number 41 of the National Land Realty Podcast, where we discuss all things land. Our goal here is to inform, educate, and entertain those of you who own land or are interested in the buying and selling of land throughout the United States. My name is Mac Christian, and I am the Chief Marketing Officer here at National Land Realty. I'll be your host for this episode. Now, sometimes you have to toot your own horn. This past year, National Land Realty took stock of the performance and culture of our 90-plus offices and chose to award the office that we felt exemplified National Land Realty. Today, I'm talking with Aaron Sutton. He's the managing broker of our Kinston, North Carolina office and the recipient of this Office of the Year Award. This is a conversation about workplace leadership that holds value for aspiring brokers, agents, and potential clients. This is the type of office that you want to work for as an agent, the type of leader that you should aspire to be as a broker, and the type of culture that you want to work with as a client. Now sit back and enjoy. I'm sitting here with Aaron Sutton. Uh, Aaron, you're out of North Carolina, and your office this last year won Office of the Year. And it was kind of a newer award that we started doing. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that we started, we, we wanted to, to give an award to the office that has a great culture, um, does great business, and you have that. And I, and I wanted you to tell me a little bit about that award. And I, and I sort of want to jump into how does that relate to what does a great culture do for clients and how does that really benefit them? But first, I just wanted you to tell me a little bit about the award and what you've kind of built with your team. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to be up here again, Mac. Um, uh, Office of the Year, it was an uh, unexpected award. Um, very grateful for the award, but uh, um, like I say, it was, it was unexpected. But my team of guys that work with me, and, and there is no I in our team. Um, but uh, with that being said, I've got agents across the eastern side of North Carolina um, that have basically turned into two brothers of mine. Um, they're great friends, uh, and, and they're smart at, at land brokerage and they're really good at building relationships, which is what I'm really good at. So when you got two people that are really good at relationships, they either get along or they hate each other. Um, and so we get along really, really good with all my guys. Um, so it was, a it was, it was a grateful award, um, all the guys were happy to get it because each one of them, it wasn't, like I say, it wasn't a me award. This was our office award um, that showed showed how well that we mesh and, and also the business side of things. We had an outstanding year. Um, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we sold a bunch of land. And that was in a down year as well. Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, nationally, um, yeah. I'm going to say nationally, not for you guys, evidently, but but nationally, <laughs> we, we started reaching a plateau point in the real estate market, just land, residential, all that kind of thing kind of slowed down in the last year. And you guys were able to maintain momentum. Yeah, we started noticing that some states were slowing down like last May, uh, you know, spring going into summer of last year. And we we held strong um, all the way to the end of the year, we ended up selling the uh, the largest track that national lands ever sold acreage wise, um, there in December. So it's, uh, it, it did hold strong for us, but, um, it had a lot to do with our culture and our team. Yeah. Well, and, and then I'm just, you know, from a, you know, an, an overhead perspective, what did you get, what, what did you and your team notice that sort of kept that market strong and what, what were the areas was it specifically hunting land? Was it, spe- was it, did, was it more ag related or was it more recreational? 
Um, honestly, it was a little bit of everything. Uh, towards the end, here in North Carolina, the way that I see markets is in quarterly increments. Usually at the first of the year, things are a little bit slow. You've got some timber companies that are buying stuff. Um, but a lot of people are coming out of that winter mode, and they haven't really got into full spring of, of buying stuff. Um, then tax season comes around, and, and they got a little extra free money or or whatever, didn't have to pay as much taxes as they thought they were going to. So they kind of start looking at waterfront properties and beach stuff, um, you know, family-oriented properties. And your timber companies will really start to pick up stuff for the spring. Then as your fall comes in, you start seeing more people start calling about recreational properties. And it usually happens the week after 4th of July. You know, <laughs> most outdoorsmen and women, they, they get through what I call family season of the beach. They've gone on their family vacations and they're all sitting on the beach and the buddies are going, all right, boys, where are we going to hunt at this year? And it is like a light bulb. Every year, the week after 4th of July, I put two or three properties under contract just off of that principle alone of a couple guys looking hunting land and where, where we're going to be at this year. So, and then by the end of the year, you've got guys that are trying to spend a little money for, for tax purposes. That's great insight. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense, especially, especially in your area, but I think it makes sense nationally too, as far as trends that can be out sort of outlined as, as the year goes along. Um, but That's, yeah, let's get back to, sorry, will you go ahead? <laughs> um, yeah, so I kind of got straight away for there more about markets, but um, putting my team together, it's it's these guys are smart in all these avenues, uh, whether it's uh, hunting properties or timber timber type properties um, through investments. My guys are pretty pretty spot on on it, um, so I, I give them a lot of credit. Yeah, so how do you find them, and, and, and what's sort of what you look for, and and how do you? how do you build a culture from the ground up? Because you've taken it, you've, you've taken up and built your office and how many, how many agents do you have now in this office? Uh, we got, I think 12 or 13, um, in the office now, but it's a, it's a real simple mindset. And, you know, some people could say it's wrong, but this is just what works for, for me and for, for my guys, you know, when we started hiring them, um, Josh Pelletier was my first hire and I looked at a guy in him that that loved hunting he loved fishing people trusted him um and you know i've known him all my life technically but he's a guy that i could hang out with outside of the real estate world and then my next hire cliff holloman you know he um he was just a good dude uh my wife and his wife knew each other and and we we hung out some and i really enjoyed being around him and and i could tell that that he was a trustworthy guy um, and then it's just fallen into place since then. And I use the old analogy, birds of a feather flock together. And if you look at my, my team of guys, we all are like-minded. We all like hunting, fishing. We'd rather be outside than inside. Um, most of us enjoy sports. Um, so we could literally sit down and be friends outside of a work environment, which allows us to come to our events um, like the summit or whatever. And I think it was even you, Matt, that came up to me and um, talked to me about the culture. Another agent, Corey Bowes, came up and mentioned, dude, how do you get your guys to get along and sit at a table? They want to sit at the table with each other. Um, 
And it just goes back to that principle of birds of a feather flock together. They enjoy being around each other. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't argue from time to time or, you know, have qualms, but, you know, we're able to get through it. And, and, um, you know, when you get through little issues, you build trust with each other and you're building a better relationship. So that's the principle that I put behind them. I was going to say, so you've used the word trust. I count. I was kind of, I started counting the first time you said it. Uh, You've said it three (laughs) times now. You've used the word trust and you, and you used it in in a way that said people I can trust and people that trust each other. It is that sort of the key element that you look for when you bring an agent on board and how you build a team that that is as productive as you've built. Is, is it a level of, you look for trustworthiness primarily? So from two fronts, yes. Um, I used to use the analogy of or, or building relationships one acre at a time. Okay. And national land is nothing about nothing but building relationships. That's what I preached from day one. But to in order to build a relationship, whether it's in, in marriage or with your kids or with coworkers, you've got to have trust. If you don't have trust, you don't have a relationship. So, um, I, I use trust as much as I probably say um, but uh, as a filler <laughs> word. But but that's how I how I live my life. Of of these guys have got to trust me, and I've got to be able to trust them. I've got to trust that when I pick up the phone and and call them and say, "Hey, um, Joe Smith needs you to go show them this track of land. I've got something else going on. I can trust them that they're going to do a good job. And if I can't trust them, then I don't need them on my team." So how often, how often have you talked to somebody who is curious about your industry that you turned down? Um, a lot, honestly, yeah. um, on two, two types of scenarios. I mean, we have people all the time ask us, man, I'd love to get my real estate license, come work for you. Uh, you know, but one of the ways that I built my, my team was everybody gets their own little territory. Okay. Um, you know, I let one guy work four or five counties and then another guy work a different four or five counties. And I won't hire anybody inside that guy's four or five counties. Um, unless he's not producing or, or just won't answer the phone no more, whatever it might be, which I haven't had that scenario yet, but I won't hire anybody in their area without talking to them first and, you know, maybe restructuring or something like that but they have a little area there to build a nest egg of business. And so your question is, you know, do I have people that come to me wanting to, to be involved in this culture? I do. And, but I can't necessarily hire everybody because I've already made promises to, you know, the guy that's working for me that I can't break. And if I do, then I'm breaking their trust. Which I was going to say, that's that exactly plays into what you were just talking about is your team trusts you to watch out for their best interest, just as you're you're watching your team, you're trusting them to conduct themselves in a way that you deem acceptable, which you you spoke to yep. answering the phones and getting back. How, how much do you keep tabs on that? Is it just like, it, you know, you, you kind of follow up to make sure that they're following up with their leads, that kind of a thing or? Well, it's like with any business, if you've got guys that work with you, you know who the good ones are and the bad ones are. Um, you know, one of my guys, he is terrible at paperwork. Like, and I have to double check everything that he does. And 
<laughs> and it's usually it's kind of a, a error and initial here or or whatever it might be. And I'm like, hey man, you forgot this one. Let's get it straightened. And um, so you know who you can who's going to call and who wouldn't, which, you know, obviously all my guys, I feel comfortable, you know, sending anybody to any one of them and knowing that they're going to get the job done or do what I've asked of them. Um, but it also turns into, and, and I saw on a, it's uh, one of the social media things. It was a, a speaker up there and talking about different, you know, analogies and stuff, but, uh, Serving versus dictatorship is huge for me. Um, I don't I don't go to my team. We're all equals in my mind. I'm no better than they are, and they're no better than I am. We all work together to earn money at the end of the day. I am not a dictator in the fact of I'm going to beat you over the head if you don't do this, this, and this just right. I'm more of a I'm going to how can I serve you to make your job better? And when you do that, you're able to be able to better bond with your agents and it's, you have less turnover. I've never lost an agent. I've never had one quit on me. That's saying, so, and I don't know, I don't know of anybody even inside national land that hasn't had somebody leave at some point. And I've been here for six years now and I've never had one leave. I've never had one question about leaving. That's phenomenal. Um, Tell me what that means for your clients, because, you know, building a business is one thing and building a culture is nice. But if you don't do business, then, you know, it's it's not moving the right direction. And you guys are doing a lot of business. So tell me how how building this culture and focusing on trust and being more of a servant leader. Um, what does that do for the end client? It does wonders for them, whether they realize it or not. Um, and most of them do, but sometimes they don't, they don't realize the, the, the work that they're getting or the, the relationship that they built with this person, because they might not have ever dealt with another brokerage or, or whatever, good or bad. They don't really understand always what they've got sitting in front of them. Um, from the, the group mindset that I've got with everybody, you know, most of my clients that, that hunt and fish, they enjoy talking to the guys that work with us, you know, goes back to birds of a feather flock together. They enjoy picking up the phone and going, Hey, Matthew Eeks, you got duck impoundments in Hyde County. Let's talk about some duck impoundments. And Matthew will sit down and talk to them for hours upon end about, you know, why he done this with this duck impoundment and so on. And they aren't bored. They're engaged with the conversation because they, they're looking at buying duck impoundments and here they are talking to a guy that builds and sells them. So, um, you know, being able to build a team that, that does that is awesome. Do you, do you look for agents that have a specific skill set in a given area, depending on that area? So you mentioned duck impoundments. Did you bring him on board because he lived in an area that had a lot of duck impoundments or was that just kind of a byproduct of, he lived in that area and it just, it just factors in. It, it, it's two things there. And I say, it's always two things, but I looked at his personality and who he was as a person. And Matthew is just him. For example, um, he is a phenomenal guy, uh, upstanding Christian. He's a great dad. It, you could ask his wife. He's a great husband. I don't know if he is, but um, <laughs> she would probably say that he is, um, you know, he's a really good guy, a genuine guy. 
And that was the one thing that caught my eye about him. Then you look at him and say, all right, this guy understands duck hunting. He's from the, the Hyde County area, which is for those that don't know, that's, that's like our Stuttgart of North Carolina. It's, it's where our, our ducks are. And he's from born and bred right there. His father's farmer. And, you know, so he understands his market very, very well. Um, so it was both, he's a, just a good dude and he's knowledgeable in his market. Do you test him at all? So, do, you, do you throw any zingers at him as you're bringing people in? No, because he might know more than me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, but no, uh, I, I, you know, I try and help anytime I hire a guy, we do go through certain scenarios. Um, and it's usually a worst case scenario, like uh, just a jerk client that's, you know, very needy or or whatever it might be. You know, I do try and give them some some questions on those fronts. How would you handle this if somebody calls and, you know, is complaining about something? Just to kind of give them some preface to, you know, how to handle a situation. Or uh, one of my guys, Turner, called me this morning. He's got a little issue. And one of his closings is about to fall through. And I told him, I said, Turner, you're – um." You're the voice of reason. If you panic, they're going to panic. He was like, man, that makes sense. You know? Um, so it, it goes back to, you got to build trust and relationships with, with your clients, with your agents. And it all comes full circle in the end when, when commissions checks, we really don't even call it commission checks. You know, we call it changing deeds is what, what we do for a living. We aren't getting paid on commissions or whatever. We, we change deeds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so you mentioned working with your team is from a mentor perspective and, and your approach to leadership is more of that servant style leadership that, that I think is, you know, it's become more and more evident as the years go by and as businesses change, that that is preferable to almost any other kind of leadership is leaders that provide mm -hmm. for their teams. But how often does your team collaborate internally? Not say necessarily with you, but like between the agents and stuff. Honestly, they talk. I don't even know how many times a day that they talk. Um, I'll, I'll talk to one one of my agents, and he'll say, "Yeah, I just got off phone with Josh, and he was helping me with you know so and so wetlands issues or or whatever it might be." Um, I don't know how often they talk, but I know there is somebody on my team talking to each other every single day. Um, and that goes back to the friendship side of things. Uh, all of my guys are outside of real estate. One guy was in law enforcement. So if you know, we've got an issue with a trespass or a poacher, they know they can call him and he kind of give them some insight on, you know, how to handle a situation, tell a landowner or, or deal with the law. Um, one guy's a, he's a wetlands guru. Uh, you know, they all call him and say, Hey man, what about this? Um, you know, one of them was a full-time farmer and he, he does real estate on the side. So we could call him, you know, get different ideas on, you know, what's the market carrying for you know, crop yields this year or whatever. Um, so all my guys specialize in one thing or another. And so that helps them also be able to, communicate more or have more of a reason to communicate. Yeah. So, and, and what, what it sounds like is, is by, by building a culture where people trust each other and there's 
I, I don't want to say friendship because because some of those relationships go to like the acquaintance level, but it's people that can relate to each other. But right. by building something like that, when a client comes on board with one of your crew, they get essentially the guidance of 13 agents when they're when they're coming on board. And there's a, Absolutely. There's a team effort and they're not just relying on the input of one person. That person's going to be reaching out to the other team members to get input. Right. I call it a book of knowledge, man. And you got different chapters. Chapter one might be this guy. Chapter two might be the next one. What book do you need to read today? Um, or what chapter do you need today to get you through it? Um, it is the way I look at it. And so my entire team is just a book of knowledge on certain resources. Now, we don't know everything, but we know a lot, um, especially in the business that we're in. We know a lot, a lot about land. And how does that compare to some of the other players? And I, I, I by no means want to get into the ball game of like throwing other brokerages under the bus or anything like that. I don't want to venture in that territory, but I, I'm sure that you've seen your share of good and bad actors in the field. How, how does your culture, as far as like, if I'm a client, right, I come to you guys and um, the, the experience that I have with you versus the experience that I could have say where there's a team where the team is fairly cutthroat, where people try to like encroach on people's territories or, or everyone's kind of out for themselves and they don't have say like a servant leader like you sort of helping them write the ship. What's the experience difference going to be? Um, I don't know about other brokerages. It, it's a hard one without saying something bad that might be misconstrued. Right. Right. I just, at that within our group that, we are not greedy full circle. We want you to walk away with a, uh, you know, a happy transaction that you ended up getting what you wanted. And the seller ended up getting, you know, he felt comfortable at the end of the day, they can both shake hands and say, Hey, nice doing business with you. Um, but from another broker standpoint, there's obviously there's brokerages out there that we know to stay away from. Um, then the whitetail properties here in North Carolina, we have an upstanding relationship with them. Um, every year, you know, we get pictures, dude, we do different benefits together. Uh, we have a great, it's a, it's a competition relationship, competitive relationship, but it's a friendly competition. Um, we all know that in the end of the day that we're not going to screw each other over uh, and we're going to try and do best to help each other out. And I know that, We've sold properties of theirs and they've sold it of ours and talked to the clients after when they were like, that was pretty cool seeing y'all like interact. So I can't say that for everybody, for all the different companies, but I do know that with them, I mean, we build a relationship where they trust us and we trust them. I was going to say, because so, they are competitive brokerages, you end up working together because one of them might have yeah. a listing that you end up having a buyer for, right? Yep. So. Yep. So if I'm, if I'm coming and I'm approaching a brokerage, I've never sold or bought land before. How would I want to vet that brokerage to tell if I, you know, not everybody is lucky enough to live in your area, right? So not everybody can work right. with you guys. So if I'm, if I'm talking to a brokerage, what's some things I can do to sort of vet that scenario? Is it the fact that, are you going to push back if I have a terrible idea? Is that how I, if I know you're being honest or what's, what's some of the things that I can, that I, I should pay attention to? Well, first of all, don't let commission 
misconstrue your mind. You know, I I don't I want to charge two or three percent commission. First of all, that's that's the biggest no no because sometimes you pay for what you get. You know, um, you get three percent commission on something, and it's like, man, that's I got a deal on that commission, but you're not getting the service. Um, they they kind of they don't do their good job on pictures or the marketing stuff because they know that they aren't going to get a lot out of it because they're working for so cheap. Um, it's just like any industry. You pay somebody a little bit of money, you're going to get a little bit of, of work out of it. So first of all, commission, don't let that change your mind. Look at who the company is. Look at some of their resources, some of their referrals. Um, look at their previous you know, clients and how they handled their listings. Uh, did they take good photos? Um, did they, did they word stuff correctly? Uh, how do they, how are they perceived by social media? You can look at somebody's social media and you see this a lot with college sports coaches. Now, when they go to recruit a college kid to play for them, they're looking at their social media and going, all right, what kind of kid is this? You know, it's the same thing goes back to us, even though we're adults now go back and look at their social media. Everybody's got one, you know, See what kind of person they are. Are they family oriented or are they, you know, partying all the time? Or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah, right, um, right. So, so do your research on who you're who you're dealing with. Um, then also do your research on the the company themselves, what they're going to provide to you. Um, and do they know what they're talking about? If somebody calls and says, "Hey, I want to list a duck impalement," you know, hey, this is Matthew Eeks. He's your guy. You know, so. Um, that, that will go a long ways with you. I was going to say there's, there's, I, I keep on repeating pretty constantly because we, you know, we do a fair amount of sales coaching here internally and stuff. And I'm always repeating, you are who your resume says you are. And you can, I think you're kind of speaking to that when you're talking about go look at their previous listings. And if they're taking trash photos, if they do a trash write-up, if it isn't marketed effectively, then you can see that in the previous sold listings that somebody has, you can look at their background and you can look at their that's their resume, right? Like whatever they're telling to you up front is not necessarily their resume. That's their spiel. Go look at the actual right. work, right? They sold three properties in five years. You go, yeah, I don't know if I want to lose with this guy. You know? <laughs> so yeah, that's right. Excellent. So um as as you're building a team up, um, what do you do on a consistent basis to keep your team in tune, like building a team up and getting the right people in the right places is only the start of the battle, right? So how do you keep your team engaged and how do you keep them caring about what they're doing in each other? So letting them talk amongst themselves, you know, Hey, everybody's got everybody's cell phone number. Y'all call, hang out, whatever y'all want to do. Um, and that goes back to the whole everybody's kind of alike. So they all enjoy talking to each other. Um, you know, then it goes into ribbing each other a little bit, just guys being guys. You know, one of them might be a Clemson football fan and one might be Alabama or Georgia. And, you know, let them, let them have that camaraderie of different rivalries and stuff. Um, but then every year we do a Christmas party. Um, that is a, a huge event. It's a lot of fun for, for all the guys. And then we also do one in July. We got it coming up soon. It's called Christmas in July. So we try and get together. Everybody just come up. Um, we hang out. We do, you know, like a dirty Santa gift with, uh, 
you know, which I actually provide. And they're, they're really, really good gifts. Uh, anything from Yeti coolers to, you know, a, a, a fine bottle of scotch or something. And, and we'd play the old Dirty Santa game where everybody could take and you, you know how that game goes. Um, but it, it brings it, it brings us all together. We get to have a good time. But we try and get together twice a year for those two specific reasons. Then we also try and do different, you know, pheasant shoots and tower shoots where we can just kind of hang out and be ourselves. Um outside of those two main events. And then obviously we got our national summit every February um, that everybody gets to go to, you know, we had a good crowd this year, um, which was really nice because we won office of the year. And it would have been really bad if it was just like me and one other guy out there on office and nobody showed up, <laughs> but uh, luckily all of our guys were there. Do so, you, um, I was going to ask with these events that you're doing, do you bring clients into that? So like, do you incorporate them into like the office culture and it's kind of a celebration between you guys and clients or is it just you guys? It, so the, the two Christmas parties that we do is just our guys. Um, we'll bring clients into some of these pheasant hunts, tower shoots that we do. Um, you know, a couple of guys want to do some fish tournaments, so they'll bring some clients with them. Um, but just those two main events are just for, our guys to spend a day together, just kind of shooting the breeze, you know, cook some stew, just, just hang out amongst each other. Um, but we do do certain events with, with clients. That's because I, I, as you were talking, I was just thinking, I'm like, that's, that's a great kind of culture builder too, is to bring in client success stories and bring in successful clients and to like to have them all interact with each other as well. You get some validation there, you know, as far as absolutely. That uh, yep. One thing that you do that's really unique that I wanted to highlight that, and I don't know if you think this this plays a role into the success of your office, is you've done a lot of things as far as branding. I'm looking, you got a you got a shirt on right now with a brand that I know that you guys developed. I can see that <laughs> the trailer it, that's a full trailer in back of you. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a full trailer back there. It's uh it's actually what's called a hybrid trailer, but um I got my my side by side on the back of it, and I've got an office on the inside of it. Uh, it's a full blown solar oriented office. The solar panels run everything. I've got a printer, a laptop, and everything in there. Um, but I am all about Wait, branding. I, I feel like we need to do an episode on that. <laughs> Dude, we can do a whole episode on just just office. Uh, Ed Weathers calls and he's like, Hey man, I need some of your marketing stuff. And I'm like, so I gave him the girls names that I, I deal with. And, uh, they called me and they were like, Ed is so funny. He asked for the Aaron Sutton edition, you know, handbook of what Aaron buys to market to his team. So, um, it's, uh, I'm all about loyalty. Um, national land, they trust me just as much as I trust national land. I, I don't know. I, if you've heard that from the corporate level or not, but, but I'm all in with, with the company. And, um, so I'm not scared to put some money into the branding of the land logos and the hats and giving them away to clients and whatever. When you go into our office, uh, I have got 500 t-shirts, 500 hats, koozies, mugs, tumblers, chapstick, pins, you name it. And any one of the guys can walk in there at any time and take three or four shirts, no questions asked, and just give them to their kids or whoever it is that they want. Um, and they all know that they can do that, whether it's for a client, 
and they need two hoodies uh, or they got a turkey hunt coming up and they need some camouflage hats. Come and get it. It's y'all's. We've all earned it. So come and just take it. That's I've never charged anybody for anything in there. I've, and I've seen it. It looks like a storefront, um, yeah. which is a really amazing thing. I'm sure, too, as, 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 as a client walks in for the first time and sees like this massive store of national land, um, it's probably a fairly cool deal. Yeah, except for like we'll have you know my kids' birthday parties out in our in our shop, and um, because our shop is also my man cave area, but you know <laughs> we'll have a kids' birthday party and all all my friends come over and next thing I know like they I've been ransacked. And I look over at this at my little store area and I'm like, good gracious, they took a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, but the only thing that I ask is that they wear it. You know, if you're going to take it, don't put it in the back of your closet and never see it again. That's all I ask. Which is exactly the point, right? Yep. That's right. So. Well, so any advice out there for new agents in the field or new brokers in the field as they get started? Yeah. um, What you put into it is what you get out of it. You put 90% into it, you'll get 90% out of it. Commission checks. You'll see doing business. If you put 10% into it, you're going to see it. And you're going to say, man, I'm not giving this my all. And I've told my guys this, that exact same phrase. And, you know, what you, there's money to be made. How bad do you want it? it it's completely up to you. So that, that'd be the biggest thing is what you put into it is what you get out of it. Do you recommend that other people lead their, their brokerages the way that you do? I can't say that it works for, that it would work for everybody. I just know it works for me. Um, I've got a good group of guys that, as far as I know, they're all happy. Um, I, they have tried, they have had other companies reach out and try to poach them is what we call it. Um, one company in particular has tried to poach every single agent that works for me, and I've never lost one. So I say that I'm doing something right. It certainly would seem from the outside that yes, that is the case. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, otherwise they're lying. <laughs> could also be the case there, right? <laughs> it could be, possibly so. But um, no, I've got a I've got a great team, and, and National Land from a corporate level uh, helps me uh, a lot. You know, from giving me the ability to kind of do like I want to. I don't have a strong hand with them that's beating me saying you've got to do this, this, and this. No, they just, when Jason Waters and me struck a deal, you know, six years ago, seven years ago, he, he said, I want you to sell land. I said, well, the only thing I ask is don't come and put your thumb on me and don't let me be me. Let me do it. And he has never one time called and said, don't do that. He's let me do it like I wanted to. So, from a corporate level, I appreciate that more than they would ever know. Um, allowing me to build a business inside of a business the way I want to. That's a great point. It makes it give me like warm fuzzies on that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> so, well, Hey man, um, I appreciate your time. I got you sitting in a truck wherever you are. I'm not sure if that's a parking lot or on the side of the road, but I want to let you go and get off the cell phone and get you get on your way with your day. So I I can't 
express enough to you how much I appreciate your time. And it's, it's obvious that, that your, your humility and your, your work ethic and the way that you've approached building a culture has been very successful. And I, and I hope, I hope this information is useful to anybody listening as either from the brokerage side of building their own office and looking at things that they can do or, or from clients looking at who they want to work with. Um, you know, there's value on both sides of that equation. I just appreciate you sharing that with us. Absolutely. I appreciate you um, having me on, but I will say this thing to wrap it up, you know, even if somebody that's out there and I don't know how many people, I know you got the data on podcast numbers, but if somebody ever wants to call and say, Hey man, I like the way that you do business. Um, you know, they want to come work for national land or they just want to pick my brain. My phone is always, always on. So give me a call. I think that speaks volumes, man. I will have your contact information in the show notes. Um, and so absolutely, and especially those in North Carolina, be reaching out to uh, Aaron Sutton and his crew here in, in North Carolina. So Aaron, I, I thank you for your time, man. All right. I thank you, Matt. This concludes episode number 41 for the National Land Realty Podcast, discussing team culture and leadership with National Land Realty Managing Broker, Aaron Sutton from Kinston, North Carolina. You can learn more about land ownership and the buying and selling of land at nationalland.com.